All right. Um, Thanksgiving week, Kansas State, final game of the year. We know there's a lot of going on this week. Um, before we get to Kansas State, I just want to say a couple things to most of you who have been here every week. You know, there's certain holidays of the year that mean a lot more to me than others. Thanksgiving happens to be one of my favorites. No, Matt, not because of how much you eat. Um, <laughs> I heard you last night. Um, but uh, I really think that as we get ready, you know, for this big game against Kansas State and State rival and all, all the things we're going to talk about here today, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't just say something that, you know, this is one of those rare times where you get an opportunity on a holiday to do nothing but reflect on people who have done things for you in your life. And I think that just like I will, and I'll encourage my team to, I just want to thank you guys for bearing with or bearing with me uh, throughout the year. Um, I know it's a mutual thing going back and forth, but I understand you guys have a job to do, and when you're sitting with a, with a three-and record, sometimes your job becomes more difficult as well. And I just want to uh, thank you for bearing with me, and let's see if we can't finish this with a flurry. Okay, and I can't think of any better flurry than to be your interstate rival at home on Thanksgiving weekend. So on that note, we'll change tones and let's move forward with Kansas State. Questions? Alongside a, a win, what else do you want to see from your team this week? Well, I mean, that pretty much where, that's pretty much where it goes. What do you want me to say? We buy like a close loss? Well, I mean, no. is, is Sorry. there anything Sorry, you want to see from your team? I mean, is, is, is there something offensively or defensively, defensively you want to see them improve on? Well, when you, when you, you know, when Missouri left to go to the SEC, I think that it was time for Kansas to recognize that Kansas State is, without a doubt, the most important game of the year. I think Coach Snyder's done that for years. He's magnified the importance of this game. And you can see how over the last several years it's, it's turned into a one-sided affair. And I think that it's important for Kansas and the Kansas football program to treat the game with equal billing to what they do. And this isn't competing with them. This is just reality. I think that any time you, you play, you know, I was down my first touch with college football, real college football, was in 1985 when I went to the University of South Carolina. You could go on one, you could go on one hand as long as you beat Clemson. Nothing else mattered. Beating Clemson. And, and this state, it's Kansas and Kansas State. It's been one-sided as of late, and nothing would be better for us. No, we don't have a bowl game coming up. I mean, this is it. It all ends Saturday. So nothing would be better than to put our best performance of the year out there on Saturday morning and see if we can't beat a formidable opponent who happens to be our in-state rival. What have you learned about the rivalry? I mean, obviously, it takes a little while, or does it take a little while to get into it when you come in to a new situation like this? I've learned that they have done a better job of magnifying the importance of the game. Let's forget about the game itself. Let's talk about the attitude that's permeated from the top on down, the significance of the game. And it's for several reasons. 
Okay, bragging rights and state. It's when you walk into the grocery market, you know, with somebody that roots for the other team, where, where you get the last jab. You know, when you, when you're at work and somebody and one of your compadres comes up that you know is a K State fan or a Kansas fan, it's all those things. So you're not playing just for your football team and for your student body. For all those people who go into work on Monday and you know have an opportunity to take shots, most of the times we've been receiving the shots. It would be really nice to be able to walk into work on Monday for most people and be able to fire the shots instead of go ahead and take them. Is it, I mean, are rivalries, rivalries and, you know, obviously the colors and then mascots and all that change, but is this similar to any that you've been a part of in the past, just in that, you know, the rivalry is what it is? Well, it's funny, Notre Dame tries to act like every game's the same, but USC was always different. Okay. You know, Michigan was big, Michigan State were big, but USC was always different. You know, it was it was a different game. Now, obviously, the, you know, things have changed, their programs have changed, things like that. But that's what it was. When I got there, when I went to school there, and for all the years after I went to school, when I left school and when I went back, it was all about that one. And I think here, obviously, Kansas's big game was Missouri. Kansas State's big game was Kansas. Okay, so now, you know, with, with Missouri being long gone, look, I never was a part of that. I was never a part of the Kansas-Missouri rivalry, so I don't get it. You know, I understand the proximity and all that stuff, but I really don't feel it. I mean, I, I have no, no compassion anyway. So for me, all our compassion and all my compassion goes towards trying to beat a, a very, very good football team that I have the utmost respect for. Charlie, they've done an extraordinary job at, at taking walk-ons from the end stage and turning them into stars. And Jordy Nelson, probably the most celebrated this year. Ryan Mueller is one of those guys. Um, do you do you take an approach to I mean, what's your approach with walk-ons, and, and what would you say about how K-State's work goes into their system? Well, let me talk about Mueller because that's the one that I have the most familiarity with. You know, remember, I've only been here for going on just wrapping up two years. Here's a guy that, you know, really no one was jumping on the table for, a little undersized, you know, who plays like, you know, with a, with a passion. I mean, he might be 245, maybe 250 pushing it. You know, he might be 240 at this stage of the year, too. But he plays with such passion and leverage and effort. And, you know, you watch him play, and that's the type of guy you want playing on your team. There's a lot of guys, okay, within proximity to Lawrence, you know, within close driving distance of Lawrence, that sometimes they just aren't gel, they don't gel yet as they're leaving high school, they're just good high school football players, but developing into good college football players. And I think that I think that the walk-on mentality, the walk-on program to bring as many good players in to see, you know, see who can rise rise above, I think I think is always one that I've been I've been promoting and permeating and I think that we're starting to do it. I did it at the last place. Okay, and had a lot of success there and I think we're starting to get a better crop of better crop of guys now over over the last couple of years. Is that an approach that works better maybe with Kansas kids just because they have maybe fewer opportunities? Well, I have a couple, for example, I have a couple of guys that are legacies. And, you know, that's really a tough, a tough one when you're dealing with kids of guys who played here. 
You know, it's a tough one because, you know, every dad wants their guy to be offered scholarships from everybody. Okay, but they're the type of guys that you want to, that you like coming in here. To, let's see, let's see what they have. No, not that you you're opposed to going ahead and putting put them on scholarship down the road, but let's let's see what you have. And I think that you have to finesse it a little bit. But I think having guys from in state, you know, going to the University of is definitely is definitely a, a mentality that I agree with you, a hundred percent could be quite beneficial to the. Lifeline One of those guys that you're mentioning is, is Jamal Brown. I got an email from his mother said he's dropped a ton of weight. I, I know you don't like to go singling out guys too often, but he is a Lawrence kid and a, and a legacy like you talked about. Is she right? Has he stuck in there and done a he, good job he, this year? He, he dropped a ton of weight. There's a, you know, like a lot of guys that transfer in from, from junior college guys, you know, I think that one, one of the things that uh, just as tough a task for him is about me being such a pain in the butt with classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that you know, he's he's working he's working hard to, and on both those aspects. You know, he's working hard on both those aspects to try to. You know, physically he dropped a bunch of weight, and now he's trying to grind through, uh, grind through the academics to kind of get himself and you know get himself in, in better shape and, and in both positions, and we'll see how it goes going. Um, imitations a sincerest form of flattery. What have you tried to steal from Bill Snyder's blueprint for building a program in a, not, a state that's not very populated and doesn't have a whole lot of talent? Well, let me say emulate, not steal. Okay. Okay. Um, when I took this job, I didn't know a lot about the University of Kansas. You know, I knew where it was. I'd been here for a couple hoops games. You know, but didn't know a lot about uh, the University of Kansas. So one of the first things I did is I went online and I studied Kansas State. And they've been, they're winning. They're not winning. You know why? And uh, you tried one of one of the one of the things he's had an uncanny ability to bring in a bunch of uh, junior college guys that have had he's molded very quickly together and had great success. And you know, obviously, we took an overabundance last year out of necessity. But I think that that mentality to mesh in, you know, to fill as many needs as you as you have to, with junior college guys. Let's face it: two years in, you could still see the glaring holes, glaring holes that we have. We have less of them than we did a year ago, but we still have glaring holes. So. Let's say there's I'm not saying how many Division One uh, football players come out of the state of Kansas, but let's say it's not a big number. Let's just say that. When, and on top of that, you got several of us competing for the same guys. Okay, one thing you have to be ready to do, besides spreading your wings on the high school recruiting handbook, is you better be able to go supplement your your roster. You know, with junior college guys that could walk in the door and, and play. We just won't need as many of them as we ha had last year, but there are still positions of dire need. And that's what he's been able to do, as good as anyone I've seen in college football over the last you know bunch of years. He's been able to say, hey, I need a center, there's a center. I need a wide receiver, there's a wide receiver. Hey, I need a quarterback, there's, the qu there's a quarterback. And all of a sudden they blend in because you're not taking as many of them 
but the ones you're taking are filling those needs that of guys that need to get into the mix. Starting quarterbacks a perfect case in point. A year ago he's at Iowa Western. Okay, he's at Iowa Western and they go undefeated. Well, anytime you're a quarterback at a, at a school that goes undefeated, that's a good thing because it already shows that you're a winner. Now all of a sudden Colin leaves. You know, Ben had a great career there. Now there's this voice. They bring him in. They start off the year. They're splitting time. All of a sudden, the year goes on. He's playing more and more and more, and there's another find. You know, you know this is not like the, this kid had a hundred different schools recruiting him, but he fit them, and that's what I think he does very well. Speaking of Waters, you've got some guys that played with him, obviously. Um, I know you're going to do what you do as far as preparing anyway, but can you gain anything or can, can the players gain anything from their familiarity with, with Jake? Well, one played with him and one played against him. Yeah. So, you know, I think that they'll both, Smithburg and, and, and Isaiah, will both be resources for our team when they when they talk about him. But he's not running their he's not running Iowa Western's offense now. True. He's running K-State's offense and it's very, you know, a lot of similar components to the offense they've been running. You know, I think that so one of the one of the things that Coach Snyder is, is, does not get his just due for, okay, is I think he's a brilliant offensive mind. You know, people want to talk about him as a head coach and recruiter, and you know, being like the father or the, or the grandfather of the organization. But in reality, he's a very, very, very bright man when it comes to to offensive football and schematics and everything like that. And I think he does. I think he does a really good job. What does he do the best? Um, he. Splits with the offensive line. Mm -hmm. You watch this. You watch them play. I mean, uh, you, you, you now you have to really study them play. You can't just be like, okay, there's the TV. There's five guys out there. You know, one time the tackle will have a four foot split. The next time we'll have a one and a half, one and a half foot split. And you say, well, why is that? Well, it all has to do with the play. Okay, it all has to do with the play. I mean, so you can see he do, he does a nice job, and it's nonchalant now. Mm -hmm. I mean, to the layman looking at it, you wouldn't notice any difference. But now, when you watch the game, that's something that you would have never even looked at. Okay, but now you watch the game, you'll see God. You did, look how far the guards from the tackle on this play. And the next time you look at it, why is he way this far away on this play? Okay, it all has to do with the play. Does it? Does it have to do with? Making it harder on guys like you to, to find tendencies well, and stuff well, too. Well, let's look at you're the defensive <coughs> lineman now. On one play, there's this much of a split between you, his the guard and the tackle. On the next play, there's that much of a split between the guard and tackle. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay on this guy? Are you going to try to shoot that gap? Well, maybe the reason why the split's that big is because that's what he wants you yeah. to do. But maybe it's not. So if I go in there and they're running out here, then then I just gave up this this gap over here. So I mean it's you know you know I've done it. You do it, but uh, you ask you ask for one thing he does. I think he's very creative when it comes to that. A second thing that you know was more prevalent when they weren't splitting quarterbacks like they are now. Like they're getting 100 yards a game out of the two quarterbacks. You know one guy's averaging 75 yards, the other one's averaging 25 yards. Okay, but when Colin was a quarterback and he was the every-down quarterback, the running game, the designed quarterback runs, okay, are different than what most people do. Most people run read options and zone options. We talked about this at this time last year. Okay, these are designed quarterback runs. They run power. 
Okay, where you just as if he, he just assumes the responsibility of the running back on the play. And, you know, I think that more than most teams that you'll watch, they have designed quarterback runs that are not just, let's see if we can get to the edge off of the zone read. So believe it or not, I actually do watch the tape. <laughs> Well, he's had a very, uh, actually comes off a very prolific coaching tree and has had one himself. Uh, what makes guys good trees? Well, I think that the guys that kind of breathe football the same way, there's certain people that kind of think the same way or you're molded the same way. You know, everyone has their own personality and how they do things. But I think that when you when you follow follow the leader that's been a strong leader and you and you try to emulate, you know, turn it into a copycat business where you kind of try to take those same things and and believe in them. Usually, you know, as people branch branch out, those similar characteristics show up no matter, you know, everywhere they everywhere you go. With Parcells uh, was very sarcastic, would he be your uh I'd say he was the lead, definitely the leader of the pack. You know, I you know I started with him. You know, obviously I was with 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 Belichick for a number of years, separate from Parcells. But Parcells was definitely the leader of the pack. You know, he's because he he helped mold Bel Belichick. You know, so uh, you know, and I think that the, those two, you know, the two Bills, are definitely the guys who've kind of molded me the most. And hey, look at. You know, I have plenty of faults, but you know, a lot of the strengths that I have, I have to attribute to their guidance. And they're very different personalities from each other, aren't they? Totally different. And you're more like Parcells personality? Uh, no, I'm kind of like both of them. It's just, you guys don't know Belichick. He's probably one of the most sarcastic, wittiest, funniest people you could ever be around. But no, he never shows that side. I mean, the guy's hilarious. It just if you have to understand his, his sarcasm, because you think I'm sarcastic. I'm not even in the ballpark. I'm still in a ball when it comes to when it comes to there. And I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty good at it. With, with Montel, uh, you've got him listed first still. Uh, I know you said yesterday that you haven't decided or you're not going to say. But either way, when he has a game like he had in, in Ames, is it a situation where, where he... Where? Ames, Iowa. Heard about week. it? No, I know, but I'm saying. K State week. <laughs> well, I'm saying Let's though. Let's talk about K State. It's K State week. <laughs> we are talking about K State. <laughs> Doesn't he but want to get back out there? If you want to ask a hypothetical, yeah. I'm more than happy to answer. Well, I'm just trying to find out if after a game like that, wherever it was, the after previous game, game, yeah, does he? I mean, is for a young guy? Do you have you seen signs of him saying? I want to get back out there as soon as possible because, you know, that left a bad taste in his mouth or well, anything. Well, a young guy, here's what you do, mm -hmm. okay? Before the game's over, you love, love him up. Then you hammer him. Mm -hmm. Then you love him up again. Where are you at right now? Okay. Um, he's, he's starting on the uptick. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, he's starting on the uptick. As far as development. We're, we're past, we're past it. The, the, the hammering taking play has, yeah. you know, you can't. With a young guy, it's not like a veteran. A veteran guy, I can take Kevin. He's a, a, he's a burly veteran. Go ahead and hammer him, and 30 seconds later, it's over with. He right. kicks his beating like a man, and, 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 and then you move on. And you, what you do is you, you don't hold on to those things. 
Okay. You know, baby, you, you say you, all I'm doing, you say them and you move on. I think you can't well, you can't hold on to those things right there. Whereas with a young guy, what you want to do is you, you know, like during the game, before the game was over, I called him over and I started talking to him. I said, that's not what we're looking for, son. You know, you you do it in a very, very nice way. And then now when once you have the tape for him to visually see all those things you're talking about. You know, then you could then, in a hypothetical once again, okay, once again, you could then question, well, you know, what was exactly going on in their mind at that time, and I'm saying that in a very nice way, okay, and then after you get past that stage, then you go back to, okay, here's what we've got to do to get better. And, you know, just like I could have very easily today hand you a depth chart and just gone and put Jake on top. And, put, and, and really, no one should really question me doing that based off of that, that last hypothetical situation we talked about. But I think that you could also shatter somebody doing that, too. And that's the last thing you want to do is go into the offseason with a, with a guy that you think's got a boatload of talent and sit there and, and put him in a tank before you get started. I was going to ask, too, as a follow-up, the same thing. I mean, so this much is, of... This is back to the No, no, not at all. Not at all. We've moved on. Uh, <laughs> but but with a, a young guy like that, I mean, is that as much as you'd like success, success, success? Is it a a, a a necessary thing for him to have a moment like that where he tastes some of that really really bottom of the barrel stuff, and so he can experience that too? Well, if you want me to answer like most of America and say, yeah, it's a good experience, I'll say that. But no, I want the truth. No, <laughs> it's never good. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing. That's never good. There's never a time that that's good. Okay. Okay. Will 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 be a learning experience? Yes. Okay. But you know you're gonna have a tough time getting me to ever say when you play bad that's good. Okay. You know, I, I I just just like when I coach bad, I can't say well you know no. Sure. You you you're bad. You're bad. That's there's nothing good about it. How about for the rest of those guys, um, you know, first-year guys in this program, whether they're freshmen like that or, or junior college guys or whatever. Um, Tadarian Johnson's another good example. I mean, did these guys, those guys in that group, did they get out of this year Tadarian what you needed? probably one of the more pleasant surprises. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone wanted to talk about Andrew coming in because they're coming from the same school. Mm -hmm. And Andrew has benefited tremendously this year without playing it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's he's grinding away academically. Okay, he's he's healthy, or I, let me just say, he's healthier. Okay. You know, he's on the. By the time we get to spring ball, he'll be healthy. You know, um, but you know, he's 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 helped. He, this has helped Andrew as much as it's helped to Darren. To Darren was a guy you weren't ex maybe expected as much help from, and because he's such a grinder. You know, such you know, hard work and effort all the time. Because he's such a grinder, you know, he's become a fairly productive player for us. So we, I've been pleased with those guys for two different reasons. Mm -hmm. Even though they're from the same school and the best of friends. The teams have had success. Back to the Matt. Yeah, you know. What you guys I, are doing hey, you that. hear the long pauses yeah. though? I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> Uh, teams have had success running the ball on, on K-State. Is that something that you look at and 
you know, obviously benefits you guys this week? Well, teams that, in last week's approach, a similar thing was said. True. Okay, and that didn't play out so well. True. You know, so has there been production in the run game against them? Yes. Do they play sound, fundamental, the same defense that they've been playing? You betcha. You know, I just know that we're going to have to play a heck of a lot better than we've been playing recently. Okay. For us to have a legitimate chance to win the game. Okay, if you'll do the stats, here's a couple things for you. Okay, if you don't score, you know, high 20s to low 30s against these guys, you usually don't beat them. And just look at all their games. Every game they lose, you know, it's in, it's in that range. So we've only scored over 30 twice this year. I mean, so that's that's the first thing that, that, that comes into play. Okay, the second thing, you know, I think that, you know, just like everyone else, injuries factor into these games. You know, we've had some, we've had significant injuries that, that have hurt us. Well, I think that, like, defensively, I think they have one significant injury that hurts them. And I think that if you go back and track that young man when, when he plays and when he doesn't play, you're going to see the point differential astounding. You mentioned Bill Snyder's kind of grandfatherly image. Do you marvel or at least appreciate what he does at age 74? I'm a big fan. If I'm at 74, uh, first of all, if I'm alive at 74, I'm going to be happy. I'm certainly not going to be coaching. That, you know, you know I'll, I'll be happy just to be hanging out with my wife at the time, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, it's just amazing because it isn't like his energy's any less. I mean, he's still grinding away and there all day and hitting Taco Bell or whatever he does at midnight for his one meal a day. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I mean, it's a, it's amazing. You know, I just, uh, I just, uh, it's amazing the staying power that, that that some people have. But there's no evidence when you when you watch his approach. He looks like the same guy he's always been. Have you had any chances to? Having conversations with him since you became coach here. I mean, just bump into another. Yeah, we've, we've you know, we, we, we speak when we're at the, you know, the conventions and the Big 12 deals and stuff like that. You know, we, we don't, we don't have the same animosity that everyone else has. Mm -hmm. You know, we, you know, we're, I, I would say, I would say we're buds, but I'd say we're definitely cordial. You know, without a doubt. Beg someone to call today, so let's see if he has a question. John, you still on the line? Hello. <laughs> you have a question? Yeah, I don't know if it's been addressed because I came in late, but I was going to ask uh, Coach, you know, just what his recruiting schedule like and how fast is he, you know, going to get out on the road and that type of thing. Uh, I'll help you go on Sunday. We play Saturday, right? So I won't wait till Sunday. But Sunday's the first day we'll be out. I'll be out. I'll be out Sunday, and then I'll be back in by uh, by Friday. And then I'll be out again, and I'll be back in by the following Friday. You know, so that's. I mean, we only got two weeks to be out before you know they take us off the road. You know, because it goes dead. You know, it, well, it goes. You have to be off the road by the 15th. You know, we have our banquet on that Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon before then. So, I mean, um, it only gives you two weeks to go grind it, and you know, I'll, be, I'll be out there first thing Sunday night. 
Anything else, John? Yeah, I did. One last question for Coach. With the new rule that just came in with the NCAA, when you can now the new dead period, I know it affects a couple of possible visit dates that you could have had around home basketball games. I didn't know if that, you know, changes any strategy or plays into, you know, the, the visit weekends. Well, let me give you a, a, I'll turn it into a pro and con, okay? On um, January 11th, you know, our basketball team plays K-State at home. Saturday afternoon, that would have been a great, you know, great game, game to use as recruiting. The flip side of that is the students aren't here. Okay, so when a kid's coming on a visit, you, you, you want your players around. And because one of the main reasons why kids come to school isn't to go watch, you know, go, go to Allen Fieldhouse. Okay, that's usually the, the one of the things that puts them over the top. But you want your student body here, and the, the student body will be on Christmas break at that time. I'm sure the number of them will, that live local will come to the game. But all I'm saying, it's not the same. When you don't get the experience of Mass Street when the students are around. You know, you lose part of uh, part of what you know, what Lawrence is all about. So now what we do is we load up on the 18th. And I think they play somebody crummy like Oklahoma State that, that Saturday. You know, so uh, that Saturday we'll, we'll turn that into our big January recruiting day. And I think we probably could have picked worse games than Oklahoma State to use as our recruiting weekend. I think that that, that game might be okay. Like that loud meter, I don't know what, what they call that meter, but that decibel meter might be you know, going through the roof on that day. So. I think we'll just have to pile up, you know, pile up on that weekend and turn that one into just, you know, the big January weekend. You you had a ton of success last. You're welcome. Last December, um, with with going after JUCO guys and the early signees and all that stuff. I think rivals. I don't know if it was John, but rivals anyway. Had you guys ranked as the number one JUCO class? Do you anticipate being? In on a lot of those same guys, you know, the high-profile types, the, the high, highly ranked guys, or, or different uh, philosophy? At, at certain positions. Okay. You know, at certain positions, the answer to that would be yes. And look, you don't have to ask me what positions you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys will follow us every day. You, you, know, you know, you can see what, hey, they need this, they need that, you know. Well, guess what? That's probably where we're looking at. Okay. You know, usually, if you, you know, I respect enough that you guys could see see the obvious, and if that's if that's the case, that's probably the market where we're at. Some some positions are obvious for Duco recruiting, but some might not be. With Cozart, Millward, and um, Heaps in house, would you still look at Duco quarterbacks or no? No, I, I I think that that would be a year away, and I think that a year away that that would depending on how things went. I mean, you would, you would, you have to decide whether or not you want to recruit a freshman quarterback or a JUCO quarterback based off of how things are going with the guys you have here. I feel pretty comfortable, you know, going into this offseason, uh, the competition we'll have with quality at the quarterback position. But I think we're a year away from deciding you're going to bring in another one because, you know, TJ is really going to end up being like this year's recruit. You know, that's who the, who's this year's recruit was. But you're talking about bringing the next one in. You know, you have to decide: do you want a high school kid or do you want a junior college kid? And that will be based off of how your guys are playing. You know, if, if you guys are playing really well, then you want a high school kid that you know that you can 
possibly sit for a year and wait till his time is. On the other hand, if things aren't going so well, you know, and you need immediate help, you need help right now, then you better go get one right now. Does the, you know, you talked a lot after bringing in the, the heavy JUCO class about your three-year, was it a three-year plan after that? Does the, the way the season unfolded, does it change that? Do you have to look no, at that not differently? Much, okay. Not much. You know, we figured, you know, we figured that, you know, we'd, we'd probably get to the single digits mm -hmm. and, and junior college players this year, and I'd say that to go from 20 to the single digits, mm -hmm. now, now the single digit, instead of being at four, might be at eight, mm -hmm. you know, based off, of, based off of what you need. You don't know that yet. But it'll go from you know go from twenty to single digits, and then we're really what you want to do is you want to bring in a handful every year that fit needs right. that you need right now. That, because my my thing that I say to the staff every time we talk about a junior college player is that they're going to come in the door and, and compete to start walking in the door. Because if not, why would we bring them in? Right. Unless we already know we're going to have to redshirt somebody. Okay, for whatever one reason or another, why would we bring him? I mean, you're going to get somebody, get somebody that can help you right now. With Short, uh, Jenkins, Moore, and Bolton, do you feel like you're kind of ahead of the game? That, that they'll help. You know, throw Samson being back now too, because you, you forget about, you know, that we lost him early in the year, and that's a medical redshirt, uh, medical redshirt, you know. Uh, you know, I can't say slam dunk, but the odds of that happening are very, very high. You know, so now, now that's four high-profile high players. You know that you're that are waiting in the wings. I think that you know they'll all be significant. Did you like what you saw in him in games? Which one, Samson? Samson. I think that Samson was banged up a lot, and that's what, why some of the stuff I saw. That's why he got shut down, and I think that you'll like a lot more when you see from him when you see him healthy. I think that that's where that's going to end up. Where, where that's going to end up at. And then you know you'll flip, look at the other side of the ball. There's no bigger loss slash gain than Nick Harwell. You know, can we keep on forgetting about him? I mean, you know, there's no us not having him this year. That was a significant loss. Us having him next year will be a significant gain. I mean, so it's a loss. A loss this year, gain next year. I mean. No bigger one than him. How's he been throughout the year? Obviously, he, he he couldn't he couldn't be any better. Really? That's why you know we sat down with all the baggage he had had coming from Miami, and I said that you know a year from now, you know a year from now you're going to be getting ready for your senior your last year plan, and the scouts are going to come in and they're going to ask me what you're like, and I'm going to tell them the truth. So if you're a dirtbag, I'm going to tell them you're a dirtbag. Okay, and if you're a great kid, I'm going to tell you you're a great kid. And I'm telling you what, I mean, he is, you, Hosopel absolutely loves the guy. And Hosopel doesn't say that very often. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's been great with our receivers. Okay, he's been great on the scout team. He's been great in the weight room. He's getting good grades. I mean, I got nothing but good things to say about the kid. You know, so regardless of what, you know, what, what he came here with, he's been one of those guys that, you stop worrying about him some. You know, it's almost wow. scary. Yeah. But you, you know, because coming in, you'd figure he's one of the guys you'd have to worry about the most. He's been, he's been nothing but pleasant to be around. I can't wait to have him ready to go.
Who's been your scout team quarterback? Has it been Miller? Well, him and Darling have both been down there. You know, I think TJ's had the significant nod in that competition. I mean, he's TJ's pretty good. Darling's not bad either, but uh, TJ pretty good. It'll be interesting. How's he in the, the mobility uh, area? Um, How's his mobility would be another way to ask? I wouldn't say he's Montel, but I'd say better than average. Better than average. He's not a, just a slug drop back quarterback, if that's what you're asking, which that was the implication right there, which I clearly drew an inference from. Good inference. <laughs> we good? That's it, all you got? I'm, at, I'm all the media this week, so anything left? Going once? Twice? All right, well, uh, happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you on Saturday.